Think about it. Everything is polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on Uncensored tonight. Nice, clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited, like a dirty thought in a nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white bread land. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? You out there? You listening? Indeed, the question of the day and every day. It's good to see you guys all out there today. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us here today. We've got another great show planned for you guys today. We'll get to that in just a moment. Really looking forward to this discussion today, a in-depth crypto discussion about where we were and where how we got here, and then maybe some of your questions about crypto and some of mine, too. I know I got some. Uh, this is already picking his brain behind the scenes, man. I'm looking forward to this. I got a really good guest for you guys here today. Stand by. You're looking live at the foxhole.app. That's right, the foxhole.app. Check it out when you get time. If you're on a different platform, if you're over there on YouTube today, good to see you over there. If you're over there on DLive today, good to see you. If you're on Twitch, I appreciate you very much. But do me a favor when you get time. Just just when you get a chance, check out the foxhole.app. Tell a friend, tell a family member about it. Uh, we're trying to create a free, free speech platform. They're shutting us down everywhere, and they're going to continue to try to shut us down, especially in the upcoming election again. Mark my words, they're going to do whatever they can to silence us. So uh, just help support us is what all we're asking. Help support us, the foxhole.app, and do me a favor also. The guys over here are working their butts off constantly behind the scenes. They're constantly working, trying to help me, help everyone here. They're very personable, and they're great patriots. Support them. Buy them a cup of coffee once a month, please. Appreciate you guys very much. The official website for Brothers Uncensored is uncensoredabe.com. Uncensoredabe.com. Check it out when you get time. You can find the podcast, Podbeam, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Google. Just search Brothers Uncensored under podcast, your favorite podcast platform, and you'll find us. Yesterday, Trisha Flanagan running for Congress in New Jersey. Tuesday, Mark Paquita running for Senate in Ohio. Two great discussions. If you missed those, check those out when you guys get time. Other events are also there as well. That's just going to be updated soon. I got a lot of work to do. Newsletters. If you want an email once a week letting you know what you missed last week, what's coming up next week, hit that right there. You can sign up for our newsletter if you so choose. Foxhole Twitch YouTube hates us. We're there today because we got a special discussion. DLive, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are also free speech platforms. CloudHub and Tiger Network help support them as well. If you want our link trees, you can bookmark them there. That's where you can find them. That's how you can find us uh, all the time. Uh, links in the blog is there. Uh, any kind of links that you guys missed during the show, you can find them there in the blog. Finally, how you can help us. If you want to help us keep the lights on, gold pills in Foxhole, uh, Twitch bits, uh, cash app, PayPal, Patreon is the ways you can do it. If you are a supporter of the show and you want to get access to our private discord, let me know and I'll get you access to our private discord. You come hang out with us, see what's happening behind the scenes, see what's upcoming and, uh, exclusive content. Uh, finally, uh, our store is up and this week only 35% off our gear. So if you want to get some brothers uncensored gear, now's the time. If you want an, I want my news uncensored shirt. There they are. If you want an official brothers uncensored logo shirt, there they are. How about some sweet hats that got them there too. So just check it out when you guys get time. That discount code is right here. Uncensored 35. Drop that in there. You guys get a discount. 
And uh, you can help uh, support the show that way as well. Finally, as you guys know, Joe and I next week will be in Branson, Missouri, starting Wednesday. So Tuesday is probably going to be an hour show. I'm thinking we might just do a shortened show on Tuesday. Uh, cut off the call-ins. I'm going to get on the road, head to Joe's, stay the night there. Uh, maybe do a late show there. I don't know. And see what's going on when we get to Joe's. And then uh, Wednesday morning, we're leaving early for Branson. We're going to be in Branson Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think. Is that right? And Sunday? Um, yeah, and Sunday. So we're going to be there for pretty much the whole week. And as you guys saw today, I got my gear tested. So we, we as part of First Amendment Praetorian, are going to be, be able to offer you exclusive security cam footage from these events. It's If you've seen them before, you know it's awesome. If you want to help support us and what we're trying to do at First Amendment Praetorian, basically we provide security services for patriotic events, and we are crowdfunded. If you want to help us, our funding is finally back up. You can do that at 1A Praetorian. 1A P R A E T O R I A N Praetorian.com. That's how you can find us. With that, I want to welcome my bro Joe into the show today and have him welcome our guest in. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going to be a fun show today, Joe. I'm looking forward to it, man. What's up, fam? Glad to be here today. It's been an amazing day, although it's kind of rainy and overcast here. It's still been uh, kind of nice. Uh, looking out there in Foxhole and DLive and YouTube, all kinds of Patriots already out there. My sister, Texas Girl 71, glad you could uh, sneak in today. I know she's super interested in the crypto talk today. D Patriot 1776, doll fan. Good to see you out there, brother. Uh, Chatternuts, love you too. Right back at you. Texas, the Texan driving and listening as always. Be careful out there, brother. Good to see you. Day Tripper, Palladius. Uh, man, all the stuff you've been doing behind the scenes. Thank you, brother. Christina Fontana, aloha to you. Chatternuts, nom, 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 cookie and news voice. Much love, fam. You all are superstars. Keep on rocking. Thank you, Chatternuts. I really appreciate that. Ozarks, freedom girl. Yes, ma'am. We are, sir. We are, ma'am. We are live. Um, Texas Tangro, good to see you out there. Uh, last time I saw you was in Dallas. Um, also out there in D live, all kinds of Patriots. And yes, we are on YouTube. As Al said, if you usually, you know, there's a different intro for YouTube, but today it's a super important conversation. Uh, we have GN cast here today and we want to get this uh, message out there as wide and as far as possible. GN cast. Welcome to the show, brother. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on Joe. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to having you here today, man. It's uh, We've had uh, previous discussions here on the channel, kind of like an intro to crypto. So we kind of got that through our belts. Um, but there's still a lot of questions on kind of the history of it, you know, and kind of what got us to this point. And then I want to pick your brain, basically. And then we're going to have a bunch of callers pick your brain and um, and see what, you know, kind of is coming, especially with, with the recent happenings. So I'm really looking forward to it. We met you over in uh, Dallas, and I didn't really get a chance to find out, uh, you know, what, what brought you to Dallas. And, and, and tell us a little bit about your experience there in Dallas at the uh, uh, God, Forgotten Country uh, Patriot event. Sure. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, let me tell you a little bit about myself. First, I'm a, I'm, I'm a management professional, so I've been working. A um, number of years corporate, and I uh, took an interest. But I have a background in finance and IT, um, and basically I took an interest, to, or kind of was, I, you could say, awakened uh, probably about eight years ago to some of the things going on. So I took an active interest in kind of keeping up with what's what's really happening behind the scenes. So uh, I was asked to join a friend of mine. Uh, known for a couple of years, uh, was a speaker there, and 
yeah, I, it was a great time. I mean, great people, and uh, it's great to great to be there. Um, and about, I'd say about a few years ago, I kind of I, I was always kind of focused at more like libertarian leaning, and uh, always focused on like gold, silver, that kind of thing. And and a few years back, it was brought to my attention that I should probably look at at the crypto space and uh, that kind of got me interested in that so i've been following that for a number of years as well interesting and you know i I, i've done uh, a little bit of trying to find out a little bit about your your stuff and i I guess we won't get into that right now but i'm i'm just i'll just clear to say this guys just trust me when i say we have it's an honor to have the guest here today because we don't often get a chance to to talk to uh, people who have the level of knowledge about certain things that uh, that he has. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hang hang with us today. And this is going to go, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to end up watching this. So thank you for taking time out with us today. Sure. So let's get into it. Let's go right into it because we got we got a lot to get to in a short period of time. Joe, feel free to hop in with any comments anytime from chat and uh, we'll we'll hop right to it. Let's start with this. The crypto right. path ahead. And we want to start with kind of a historical review of it all. In 1871, the corporation versus the republic. Can you right. give us a little bit about this? Do you want me to read uh, the bullet points on this and then let you comment? or? Sure. Or I, I can just summarize it real quick. So apparently, uh, 1871, uh, after the Civil War, U.S. was bankrupt. And uh, basically, U.S. Ulysses Grant, uh, signed a bill that uh, made the United States into a corporation. So we kind of transferred the, or became a corporation and no longer a republic. So DC was kind of, was turned into a foreign entity and there was a kind of a loan through the Vatican, facilitated by the city of London, all kinds of stuff. So this corporation has been in place up until now this whole time so it's it's now i know this is going to be hard for some people to understand and you'll see if you kind of see what some of the what all the things that have happened since then it will kind of make more sense but yeah so apparently we're we're, we're a corporation um yeah and then we'll go through like the next you know from that uh 18 that was passed in 1871 we had 1913, the Federal Reserve. There's um, right. there's something. There's a couple of bullet points here that I want to make sure. I mean, oh, everybody sure, here is is well aware of the U.S. corporation. Um, you're okay. talking to a very informed audience. However, a couple of things here that I was uh, that was interesting. D.C. turned into a foreign entity on American soil of sovereign states. That's pretty interesting. It's kind of same thing as the the London idea, right? Yeah, right. Like city of like city of London is not. Like part of the same with the, the, the Vatican, like Vatican City is not really, it's like its own entity. Yeah. So when you look at it, and it, and it looks, when you think of it, and, and the Marshall Report has a great overview of this, which is in the link. But if you look at all these, these alphabet agencies like the SEC, uh, the FBI, CIA, they're, they're like private entities. They don't, they're not for the people. So if you, if you look at it from that lens, you, things make more sense as we go because they're not, if you look at all the corruption and everything, it just kind of makes more sense from that point of view. Absolutely. The the bigger picture does matter on this and that, and that's why we're going to go through this today. I appreciate it. Um, uh, Real quick. uh, 
Kathleen, thank you for joining Patreon. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Uh, 1913, the Federal Reserve was created. The Creature from Jekyll Island. We've talked about this on all these alternate platforms often. I have the book right here. Uh, many of you yeah. have actually read it all. I have not yet. One of these days I'm going to sit down and actually read it all. The Fed is not a public institution. Talk about uh, the Federal Reserve in 1913. It, yeah, so this, it's basically the, the you know, the, 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 the banking cartel basically decided to create this so-called Federal Reserve, which it kind of appears to be like a public institution because it has the word federal in it, but it's about as federal as Federal Express. It has member banks. It's never been audited. I don't really know who owns what, but that basically, if you read the book, it's a great book, you understand that the banking industry pretty much works as a cartel. So everything's kind of like manipulated, everything's controlled, and that's just, yeah, that, that's the way it is until this day. Uh, and it's the, the key point you're saying there is that no oversight, no no, no actual like macroeconomic policy that makes sense in a free market. There's, right. it's, it's funny money. It's, it's what's going on here is crazy. When you get the post-Fed history, you get, you know, World War One. Then you get the Great Depression. You get World right. War Two, 1960, LBJ and the Great Society in Vietnam. Right. To me, right. that right there is the mark when it all started. Right. So, so that that really escalated things. And then what you saw is you, you saw the inflation start. You saw Nixon basically 1971. He had to, to stop the conversion of, of the dollar into gold because everyone was, was, at, was basically bringing up, basically wanting to exchange their dollars for gold because inflation was getting out of control. He, and they saw it coming and he had to stop that. He closed the window. So that was, that was supposed to be temporary. I don't know, maybe, you know, well, it's been 50 years. Uh, it's <laughs> nothing, not temporary. Nothing DC ever does is temporary. <laughs> right. Another key point is also here, the 70s, the petrodollar, the implicit right. agreement to protect Saudi Arabia as long as oil is traded in U.S. dollars. I think that's really well said. A lot of people don't understand why the petrodollar is so important, but that's what it really meant, the implicit agreement right. to protect Saudi Arabia. Right. So there's nothing in, I don't believe there's anything in writing, but it's known that that it's even for the Gulf states, but primarily Saudi Arabia will only trade their oil, exchange their oil for, for U.S. dollars. Because if ever they moved away from, I think there was a talk of that and one of the Saudi ministers years ago said, no, 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 can't even talk about this, like they're moving away. Um, and that that's basically how, you know, and, and we'll get into some of the, the what you see, what, what's followed on any time um, any country wants to move off that, uh, there's, there's, there's a war that yeah. goes on. So for that's, instance, that's, uh, Iraq, <laughs> Iraq is a good, uh, Iran, yeah. uh, has their, their, that's why they're a target. Um, mm -hmm. then of course we had nine 11 and the seizure of, uh, our fourth amendment rights and the mm -hmm. turning America into a police state to 20, yeah. 2008, the financial crisis and the, while well, the, the country bailout, not just the bank bailout, but the, you know, they bailed uh -huh. out pretty much everybody. And then yep. 2009, the start of quantitative easing in 2011, like you say, uh, Hillary Clinton and her globalist buddies overthrowing Gaddafi in, to introduce right. the gold dinar. Now, this, yeah. these couple of so, these couple events here are very important as well. There, yeah, that's a, yeah. The, the 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 move to overthrow Gaddafi because he he wanted to, and yeah, Gaddafi was not was not the greatest guy, but you know he did give up his nukes. 
is nuclear material and um, seem to be, I don't know, say the word reform, I don't know, but whatever it is, he, yeah, there, there, he wanted to, I think it's in the WikiLeaks documents and emails from French president, I think it was Sarkozy, um, that he was looking to do that. And then what do you know? He gets overthrown. So a lot of these wars are tied into this, this petrodollar um, agreement that we've had. You know, and I used yeah, to yeah. I used to get into arguments with liberals and, and anti-war people, and this this is a gold. This is a war about about um, you know the 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 oil, and I and I always was like offended by that. You know, being prior military and myself, I was just mm-hmm. I took that the wrong way. The reason why I joined, the reason why they the the idealists like me were there, were to to free the people. But it's obviously. Right. You know the the powers that be move the the chest the way they need them to, and those events are mm-hmm. not accidents. That's right. That's right. And, and look, I I'll tell you personally. If you asked me ten even ten years ago, what do you think of you know the war in Iraq? So, oh yeah, you know it's fighting for freedom, you know that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's obviously when you understand things a little better that that's not the case, and uh, there's a lot more behind it. There's a lot more interest behind it uh it's not about the war on terror it's, yeah. it's a cover story very well said and it's it's a creation of division that they use in our society and have used since the roman times and it's you know it's hard to get people to realize that it's all by design that the division tactics that we use with race and gender and creed and everything else in this country is used around the world by these globalists to control societies. This pyramid of control, Wall Street, follow the money. My favorite statement in the history of the mankind, follow the money. We get to the top with the financial elites. I love how you have the uh, all-seeing eye up there. Um, talk a little bit about this this control. At the bottom, you kind of have the government. It goes to corporatocracy. Yeah. Of course, you go into the banks. And then the next level is national central banks, of course. Then you have yeah. the international central banks, i.e. the World Bank. And then you have the central bank or central banks. And that is, right. you know, Bank International and those those others. So talk a little bit about this pyramid of control. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, the, the, the banks are just to facilitate everyone kind of, it just kind of falls in, you know, the banks, uh, I think, and we'll get to it. There was, there was an article from Michael Snyder that, that uh, three money, um, uh, I guess, mutual funds, Vanguard, State Street, and, and BlackRock own 88% of all corporations. So you can see right there how much level of control. And, and the central banks, you know, it's not just Fed, it's DCB, the um, Bank of Japan, they all kind of work, they all work together. Uh, to kind of manage manage things, so they're they're yeah basically manipulating things to you know to to for their control. And it's you know the the key part of this is is um, the ba- the banking control is is like a, a world society almost right. Like it's c- talk about how the globalist the globalism of banks in the World Bank can manipulate, you know, almost wars, I would say. I mean, BlackRock is involved in pretty much every war and rebuild since the Civil War, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, they do because that's they provide they provide the funding for it. So if there's no money for it, I mean, you can go back to a good example, World War II, right? How was that facilitated? You had 
the Nazi at Prescott Bush, and that's in the government archives, um, working you know at Union Bank, funding the Nazi, the Nazis, and uh, that and he was doing that in America. So you know you have you know globalist on the one hand being in America, but on the other, the funding uh, the other side, and that's kind of how things work. Uh, and that's just one example of it. I think if you look at a quote from Smedley Butler, he had an early 1900s, an interesting story about him. He was actually gonna, he was hired by the, the bankers to uh, to take out Roosevelt and he uh, flipped on them. So yep. yeah, he had some good quotes about you know his work as a as a general for, for corporate interest. Yeah, great point. And that, and that commentary about, um... You know, American banks playing both sides of the of the Nazi war. Yeah, that's pretty interesting too. Something that we're well understood uh, here, being as censored as we are, is the media control. It's uh, I think it's six. It's actually I think it's five media companies now. I think they consolidated even more. Uh, own all of the media outlets out there from Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're all one entity at the top, and it's. This this level of control of information is why there are so many blinded bats walking around with <laughs> blinders on, trying running into each other, staring at their at their phones, looking on Facebook to put some lie about what great day they had after their they just got into a crash or some shit. I mean, it's <laughs> right. with this society that we live in is just it's an absolute joke. And this is why this version of control controls people at a very important and scary level that people don't realize. Right. It is. If you ever watch uh, the Truman Show, uh, it's a movie. I think it was Jim Carrey where everything is controlled. Everything's like a state. Everything's staged. Everything's controlled. And, uh, you yeah, know, not to give it away, at the end of the movie, he kind of figures it out rebels against it and I, that's really what it is is this uh this stage that we're and, and and so many people are just caught in it no one ever seems to want to talk about the debt in the tea party when we started it back in uh 2007 ish we <laughs> we had the whole public talking about the debt when it was i think it was back then i want to say it was around 10 trillion something maybe mm-hmm. 15 yeah, trillion sounds, right i think and now uh, no, Obama started was about 10. 10, yeah, 10 and, and he but, over yeah. doubled it, right? He he got it to like 22 yeah. trill, right? Yeah. And yeah, now so Trump's added, uh, looks like here, this is the latest national debt clock. Yeah. We are at $28 trillion in debt, which <laughs> right. is a slower growth rate. I'll give him that. But it's still, no matter how you look at it, $6 trillion in added debt. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know... <laughs> Yeah, we're we're at we're at the point of uh, no return with this. <laughs> that per the debt per taxpayer is two hundred and twenty six thousand dollars. <laughs> right, and and we have taxation without representation on top of it. Hey, General Milley, you want to figure out why so many people are pissed off? You fucking <laughs> retard. That's probably why. That's probably why, because taxation without representation and then calling everybody that's white a white supremacist kind of gets on the nerves of people. Moving on. Federal yeah. Reserve balance sheet. <laughs> recent, right. recent balance sheet tr- uh, trends. Now, this is something I've tried to dig into, and I really don't, I don't have, I haven't wrapped my head around it this much. So, right. So th- th- this is basically the, you know, the, the Treasury 
um, issues bonds, and then they the treasury gets cash from these bonds, but someone has to buy the bonds, right? So one of the buyers is, of course, the Federal Reserve. And I think out of eight trillion, I think I'm going to say they own about they own about five trillion in U.S. government bonds. Uh, might be a little lower. I'm not sure, but it's about so five. And the other three, you know, like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, House Treasury, whatever bonds. Uh, but yeah, so that that's that's really debt monetization. Even though if you ask people in Fed, it's like no, it's not direct, not directly. So giving what, the, so the treasury money. Let me get this but, right. You know, what they're indirect. doing is is they're buying up assets of U.S. debt, and then they're manipulating the interest rates to make the debt less. Right. But that's that's really how they can control the market and will keep interest rates low is by what debt you know what you call qe it's really uh, you know just monopoly monetization i mean it's it's not a way to run it it's definitely not the game of life it's more like the game of monopoly that's for sure it is right the goal of the great reset something that the media freaked out about that's no such thing even though you can go read documents in official documents from the UN, you will have nothing and be happy. Yes, that is the goal of the Great Reset. I would have to agree with that. Right. It's not everybody yeah. will be equally happy. It is none of us will be happy except for those that have versus the have-nots. Right. But again, with media control, they can make you think uh, living that way is paradise. So that's that's kind of what they're... It's what, all about the collective. Don't you understand? June 2021 headlines. I'm going to go through uh, this whole this whole group of headlines, and if you need to stop right. me, go ahead. Three giant financial companies that, that the global elite used to control 88% of the corporations listed on the S&P 500. BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street managed a stunning $15 trillion in combined assets, equivalent to more than three-quarters of the size of the U.S. economy. We talked last week about BlackRock buying up subdivisions, half cities, shit, I mean, whole cities. And you see the shortage in the housing market. BlackRock and these these companies are manipulating the U.S. market. Why are they doing that? Is there? Do you have any – what's the motivation I mean, by them buying up all the housing market? Uh, it's, it's control. I mean, they, they – all I can see is they realize that the, there's no value in holding cash and you just need to own assets. Uh, it's like the game of Monopoly. What you learn from Monopoly is you leverage and you buy up, you buy up everything, build hotels, and and, and make you know, yeah. and win the game. That's that's it. That's well, the and they're buying it at above cost, you know, at above uh, rates, so that average people can't even get into them. It's man, whatever. This well, is and part- that's part of what the debt mon. Yeah, I mean, it, when you when you increase the money, so I think it's increased like thirty percent since last year. This is, I think, M1 money supply. I mean, there's a consequence to that. Um, you're having more supply dollars go for a finite set of goods, and that's why you're seeing everything out of whack. Um, it's not. It's not the way you run an economy. It's not the way you run a country. <laughs> yeah, um, at least anyone with a brain. Half of the pandemic's unemployment money ha- may have been stolen. An article in Axios: more than 400 billion dollars in fraudulent claims. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one is so outrageous. Um, 
you know, I don't think it's been confirmed, but we're not even talking millions. It's like billions are, <laughs> are lost, which is, wow. I, I'd say if it was 400 million. Well, we've, Joe's reported every single day on COVID fraud. I mean, it's, there's tons of it going on out there. So I would not, the 400 billion number would not surprise me. I don't trust Axios, but it would not surprise me. Yeah. Inflation worry soar with 85% of Americans somewhat concerned about inflation. I've argued against this and tell me why I'm wrong. I've made the stance that supply chain shortages and an, an increase in an end of lockdowns is an increase in demand is causing not inflation, but uh, cost to rise. Uh, I think in some areas, but I think, you know, I, I think that the, the, the inflation deflation uh, paradigm, it, it's interesting and it can go either way because you, you can have a situation like everyone's talking about the lumber issue. Yeah. It's going up like lumber has exploded. It's come back down and you get to a point where um, if, if things go up so much, people will stop buying. And then, then you can see the deep end this deep measure. It was the same with gas. Like if the price of gas um, goes up to like, I mean, soap not only goes up to like $10 a gallon, uh, people are going to stop driving. Yep. And then you're just going to see it come down. Yeah. So I think that's what's in play. It's this, it's the inflation deflation. There's um, that Blackstone, $6 billion on buying uh, rental homes and, re- and regular homes. A f- a Fed officials say temporary inflation surge may be longer than thought. I still, we'll see. Let's see how, let's see at the end of this year, after we get through this summer, how things turn out. U.S. Fed Reserve repo volume hits $813 billion. Talk about this repo market. I don't yeah, understand so this, this either. This, there's, there's a repo, reverse repo. And um, basically what the reverse repo is, uh, and, and repo works the opposite ways, is the banks right now have are flooded with cash. Like So they have tons of, people depositing money with that and they don't they, that depo- that money as a deposit i believe it goes on as a as a liability on their balance sheet so they don't want they don't know what to do with it so they're just looking for a place to park it and what's the place where they can do it is the federal reserve so they go to the federal reserve say here here's the cash take it they get back treasuries so now what happened in 2019, September, it was the opposite. They had liquidity issue. So this number is, I think, is an all-time record. Um, is not a good sign. It's saying there's just that the system is not working properly. Yeah, um, and so people are fleeing um, into what they consider to be protected assets because they see the bubble that's coming. The top 1% of Americans, about 16 times more wealth than the bottom 50%. That increased over the last year thanks to COVID. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's just more, you know. uh, Yeah. Redistribution, yeah. There you go. There's a perfect word for it, redistribution. Defector, even North Korea was not this nuts. A North Korean. This 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 this, I think sums up everything. This this says it all right here. North Korean defector after attending Ivy League school. Even North Korea was not this nuts. She added, "North Korea was pretty crazy, but not this crazy." This is what's happening in America. She added, "People see things, but they've just completely lost." The ability to think critically, I would argue, the schools have stopped critical thinking in their curriculum, which is why you see so many dumbass robots walking around. It's scary, dude. <laughs> what we well, do? There, 
what do we do? Stop playing their game, start and join a movement. I I would wholeheartedly agree to, agree to that. What do you what else can we do? I think you can you can make, you know, you can talk about this, make people aware, you can um, share content, uh, be prepared. I think that's a do your own research. I think those are the, the main things you can do. Stay informed. Well said. That lays the groundwork for what's coming. And there's anti-establishment movements, um, cryptocurrencies and precious metals are potential to counter the control of central banks, which is why you're seeing pushback against crypto. And then yeah. you have uh, Wall Street bets and Reddit, you know, day traders doing their thing, too. I think, you know, there's 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 a, if we could coordinate, if the average day trade, average citizen could coordinate with, uh, you know, some Wall Street bets or some Reddit, they've shown what we can do. With AMC right. and other stuff, so there's something to be said about that. It is, yeah, exactly. It is possible. I think. I think that they're probably some of the, you know, globals. They're probably scared of that. I think the Wall Street bets prove that. And I don't know, uh, you know, really who's behind it. Maybe there's other bigger interests behind it. I don't know, but it, it is a movement. You know, I, I can tell you personally. I have a daughter that that um, has a has a teacher. That, that told the class that their uh, their son made two million dollars day trade last year and never really had much money, you know. So that's one example yeah. of it being real. Like it, these things sure. are happening. Um, I, I think I, you know, these are the three movements that I see, uh, and I think the precious metals one. I think you see the Wall Street silver Reddit crowd, which mm-hmm. I think is growing a lot. That's kind yeah. of fitting into that well there's it's you know gold and silver are 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 smart bets for sure and there's we've talked a lot about that on the channel as well let's get into go ahead sorry yeah and i I think i think um one analogy just quick um i I think if there's there's a lot of people that get kind of in their own uh, just in their own narrow lane don't want to kind of move on but if if you're in the cryptos look at precious if you're in precious metal Oh no no crypto, and I, I think it it's important to kind of be aware, research each one, and, and uh, like an analogy I'd like to give is is uh, if you follow basketball like Larry, I always think of like Larry Bird. He was you know a great player, um, d- didn't really even like the three point shot, but he used it because it was an effective tool. So as from a purist point of view, he didn't think it was you know something good. But he was a great shooter, and he used it to his advantage. Um, so I, I would I would encourage anyone if you're in one of these lanes, like if you're in precious metals and believe in that, uh, it's always good to kind of think, you know, how cryptocurrencies can be used um, against the establishment, against the current, you know, this current situation we're in. Yeah, well said. Well said for sure. Before I get into the blockchain overview, let me get Joe in here to uh, comments, questions, thoughts from chat. Uh, everybody right now is completely tuned in and absolutely loving the discussion, man. Great job, guys. Great job. Appreciate you guys. Other 2,600 gold pills there in uh, Foxhole. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Uh, so let me just read these bullet points, and then uh, if you need to stop me again, go ahead. The blockchain system is a method of recording information that makes it difficult or impossible to change. A blockchain is a digital ledger of transactions that is duplicated and distributed across across the entire network of computer systems on the blockchain system. Can you dumb that down for me? 
Yeah, just, I mean, uh, when you think of a blockchain, there's the system, so it's a method. Basically, think of it as storing information, okay? It's you're, you're basically, like you have um, well, like a database in IT technology, but think of, let's say if you're an account, like you have a ledger where you have um, you know, a check and balance, you have a cost, you know, revenue, cost, something like that. So just think of it in that way. It's just uh, a way of storing information. And okay. blockchain, it kind of enables that digitally, right? And it's, and it's a it's, new, it's a new way of, it's a, it's a whole new internet, is it not? Yeah, it's like using the internet in, in just a whole new way. This has only been around for since what two thousand nine, um, so it's in it's really in its infancy. And it's really, blockchain is going to be the future of the internet. the The old internet is probably still going to be there in some ways, right? But the the future of what's going to happen with the internet is all going to be based on blockchain chain technology. Am I wrong in that statement? It, it's possible. Yeah, you never know what you never know what new technologies can improve on it. Uh, but yeah, definitely, it's it adds it adds so much more value. We'll talk about that more, but it adds so much more value to to what we have today. Um, creates great efficiencies in in a number of different markets, like whether it's finance. If you look at a lot of use cases like insurance, uh, you know, streaming media, all, all kinds of things. Gotcha. All right. So the blockchain node is an open source cross platform program that allows developers to create various services. Very simple statement. Everyone says that ah, it's a scam. It's, it's, you know, crypto is nothing. We're going to, we're going to get to how crypto links to blockchain. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of important to understand the two mm -hmm. nodes communicate with each other within the network and transfer information about transactions and new blocks of information. Look at it that way. Blocks are the link to the chain in the chain and have certain storage capacities, right? So if picture a, a block of information, right? Only holds, only holds so much information. And when filled are chained into the previously filled block, forming a chain of data known as a blockchain. Very well said, self-explanatory. All mm -hmm. nodes within a blockchain have uh, the same copy of the ledger. And now define ledger again. Right. So that's, that's the ledgers. Think of it as like a sheet of paper. You have information in that, like transaction ID, uh, code, you know, whatever. Like if you had a ledger, you would have a, an amount. That's your, your entry. Okay. The ledger would encompass several of those entries and that's in a block. Gotcha. Um, so it's just, it's just data. That's all it is. In order for this ledger to be updated, the network needs to come to a consensus majority decision using an algorithm. So you're saying that it's a secure way of 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 not fully secure, but a secure way of of uh, transferring information. Right. It's it's the digitally secure way. Right. There's a couple of uh, references in here. the The essence of how Bitcoin works and how Bitcoin works under the hood. I will put those up on the, on the uh, website along with mm -hmm. uh, all this information so you guys can get this for yourself. Types of blockchains. This is what's important to me. This is why I find some of these cryptocurrencies to be futuristic in some ways and, and actually in every way. Type of blockchains. Proof of work. 
majority decision slash consensus is represented by the longest chain wins rule. Participants in the blockchain network accept the longest chain of blocks as being the only valid one. Expand on that a little bit. So yeah, it's it's basically the way I look at it is is every uh, you're 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 creating new blocks and basically every node has um, has to have the same copy of the blockchain and that that's it. and then so it has to continue. It's the longest one has to be the one that wins out. And we'll, and we'll get to that. Is basically it's done through the mining process that you have to create new, um, you have to basically solve algorithmic problems. Gotcha. Generate that. For the so think of in, in proof of work, you just think of, of, of basically computing power, which is driving the gotcha. blockchain. Which is why the discussion of uh, the environment gets involved with this, because obviously yeah. you have to have a serious set of computers to do this. Right. Um, which it may or may not be valid, but I think an argument we may as well look at the energy used in the banking industry, for example. So I think, and no, I mean, Bitcoin is not taking over the banking, but I'm, I'm saying like, uh, I think things have to be put in, in, in the right perspective with that. And we, you know, there's also alternative energies too, which kind of uh, can be put in the mix too as well that so there's a lot of different factors gotcha the the other bullet point here is proof of stake it's an alternative to proof of work a user can mine or validate block transitions according to how many coins they hold the more coins owned by a miner the more mining power they have nodes in a network engage in validating blocks rather than allocating their computing resources to mine them Security and consensus is achieved by participants committing a stake to the enterprise in the form of the network's native tokens. To extend the consensus history on the blockchain, a deterministic algorithm randomly selects which nodes become validators for each new block. Expand on that for me, please. Right. So it's basically, it's as, as an alternate way of, of, of my or creating new blocks. Proof of stake is saying, okay, I have X number of tokens. I have X, uh, I have a thousand of these. I'm going to stake it. And then based on that staking, um, they're delegated, et cetera, and then the blo new blocks are created. So it's not as, the key to understand is not as energy intensive as the proof of work type blockchains. It's just different. Gotcha. So the, the, what the basic argument from the proof of work crowd they'll say well no proof of stake is is not as secure um you know you need to have proof of work it won't uh, everything else won't work stake is like no, no no proof of work is just not as efficient slower uh, not as energy efficient so that those are the arguments today um and i, I recommend you'll see the link coin bureau has, just came out with a very good comparison of that today just a few hours ago. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get more that. into that for sure. Um, your mic is uh, is banging up against your, sh your shoulder again. Oh, T sorry. Tallest symbol of freedom. Can you pay your rent with Bitcoin? Well, no. Look at it as a as a uh, commodity. Like if you go buy a thousand barrels, thousand bushels of corn, 
right? Can can you buy? Can you pay your rent with that? No, but you have a commodity and you have a potential for you know earning or losing, like I have a lot of money on it. <laughs> Bitcoin. We're going to get into the different types of Bitcoin. I saw the questions out there on that front. We'll get to that momentarily. Bitcoin is a decentralized digital currency that uses a proof of work. We talked about that just a moment ago. Blockchain platform, the most popular and highest ranked cryptocurrency by market capitalization. It's very secure encryption, which is why people like it so much. It's extremely volatile, as you guys have noticed. It was at 60000 not long ago, and it's, I think, think it's at still around thirty now. Extremely volatile, uh, extremely volatile with regards to its price. Scarce. There's only 21 million Bitcoin out there, which is why the price is is manipulated. So, or not manipulated, is uh, yeah, so volatile. There's currently like 18 and change, 18 million and change right now, but in the the grand total will be 21. Gotcha. So they're at the, you know three million left that can be mined, and again, that mining process goes through solving algorithms using high end computing. Mm-hmm. Not right. energy efficient at all, which is why everyone talks about the, uh, you know, the, the environmental impacts of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. a cryptocurrency with a limited use case, and it's outside of government control. So that not referring to the mining equipment, uh, which we had a little bit of a discussion on that with uh, state-owned mining equipment, such as what China has. Right. right. Exactly. So there you go. That's what Bitcoin is there. There are other cryptocurrencies, next generation, such as platforms such as uh, Ethereum and Cardano, smart contracts, programs stored on a blockchain. So picture a program put into uh, blockchain data format that run when predetermined conditions are met. So, again, you're talking about high-end computing, using algorithms, and and having a bunch of AND gates say, yes, move. Um, Yeah, like like for an example, just a simple example, let's say you – you wanted to have a uh, a bet on you know who's winning uh, a certain game in a week and, and or or anything like that. And you would have an algorithm that would be a contract. And you would, let's say enter into this contract, and it would automatically just be able to predetermine. Okay, this person wins, and you would allocate your winnings like that. That's a simple example, but gotcha. but those are the type of things, and and you can do that. That that's done typically when we will get to. DeFi, that's very important. Yeah, you, you, the yeah, next bullet point is staking rewards, and then we uh, DeFi, I have no clue. Uni, Uniswap, SushiSwap, Aave. Yep. Right, so these these are um, open source platforms built on top of Ethereum um, or any other, you know, any other platform um, that allow you to run applications where you can exchange tokens. You can earn rewards, that kind of thing. Gotcha. And so it's it's like Uniswap is a token, it's a token to the Ethereum blockchain. So it like sits on top of it. You can kind of think of it as as like an application. So you think of it this way: as like Ethereum is your Microsoft Windows, um, Uniswap is your uh, Microsoft Word. Gotcha. Or Excel. Right. So like, think of it sense. that way. So the reason why I find this all this discussion of this important and and uh, interesting is the last bullet point. Every cryptocurrency represents a sort of community of technologists, advocates, users, and you know, super geeks with gi- with giant brains that I that would blow my brain if I tried talking to them. And there are some in the community that are very well respected and have proven themselves to be reliable and have the right. 
uh, motivation moving forward, and there are some that have not. And that kind of discussion of of when we talk about getting to know who's behind whatever you're going to support, that's why that's important. It, you want to expand on that at all? Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, there's so many projects out there. Um, there's so many. I mean, if you Google uh, or go to YouTube and you Google, let's say whatever, pick any coin, Ethereum, Cardano, um, whatever. There's so many um, subscribers, so many people out there pushing their these these coins, um, and it's kind of like they're think of it as yeah, it's like it's like own little community that is saying okay, we we own these these coins, and we think that they're going to be great for the world, humanity, and uh, here you should you should should buy them. Yeah. Um, now you have to be careful because <laughs> some of these people may not yeah uh, may have a hidden agenda or may yeah have a, uh, an agenda of making a quick buck off of everybody else like elon likes to do recommended youtube channel is yeah. coin bureau if you guys want to check that out it's on youtube coin yeah. bureau you can check that uh yeah. there's a there's a picture here of staking the state of staking right. it shows right uh, a breakdown of all the different kind of uh um cryptos that are not all of them but a, a lot of them and then yeah, a percentage so, uh, graph. So, so staking is is basically think of it as you know you, you deposit money in a bank and you get interest. Um, uh, th- this is basically you know what it is. So you're you're taking your your, your coins and you're saying and and you're keeping them in. Your, they're not daily. They're keeping them in your wallet, wallet to maintain custody. You're saying I I want to stake it. Uh, to earn as part of the proof of stake protocol to earn uh, these rewards. So every month, every whether it's day or every five days, or whatever, you earn a certain reward for staking your Cardano, Solana, whatever it is. Gotcha. Um, so you can kind of think of it in a way as interest. And um, you're talking about 150 is, billion in staked so yeah, far. Yeah. So far, is as of April, wow. and so this is this is kind of a difference between Bitcoin. Is you can't do that, maintain custody. Bitcoin doesn't; it's not designed that way. So if I say, "Oh, I want to stake Bitcoin," no, you'd have to use one of the, you know, it's I think Celsius or one of those type of, or any some of the wallets even too, whatever. Um, you would take your Bitcoin and you would. Uh, I don't think you keep custody of it. Gotcha. Um, but you can earn like an interest. You can earn rewards from that. You have certain whether it's five percent or eight percent, whatever it is. I see. Um, so, so but, it's a way of it's a way of um, you know, uh, number one, supporting a group of developers. Number two, uh, getting rewards off of supporting them. Right, basically. Right. Okay. Right. Um, um, which can be lucrative, um, but it's also at risk if you are if your coin does very poorly get to that with some rest. yeah we're gonna talk about that here in a little bit um last nine minutes and we're on slide 18 not bad cryptocurrency risks there has been several scams out there two billion dollar crypto scan in a turkish exchange elon musk impersonator stole more than two million in crypto scams uh there's a couple examples of them there there are many others out there as well that people are yeah. have lost a lot of money over right so a good a good one that, that just happened last week is the iron finance to- tight token and that was something that even mark cuban got caught up in so 
Uh, it, apparently, there, there was this token that had a stable coin. A stable coin is just a is a is a token that should be back one to one, or should be kind of uh, is is pegged to the U.S. dollar, so it should be transferable. And somehow there was a run on this crypto, and it went down and lost two billion dollars. Mark Cuban is obviously. Uh, has been very successful. He got caught up, in it. so Mark Cuban's losing money. It um, says a lot. He he uh, deserves it. Uh, crypto bank run. Uh, Iron finances Titan token falls to near zero in DeFi panic yeah. selling. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. That was what Mark Cuban was. was Seen uh, some of that uh, recently as well. Tether stable yeah. coins. Uh, the these right. tethers I don't know much about, but again, yes, yeah, so Tether is, is the biggest stable coin, and if you read. What their their guide says and what they're backed by, like you know, I, I don't know what the market cap is. It might be, I don't know, like four, 50 billion, something like that. But if you read carefully, it says it's mostly made up commercial paper, former corporate debt that can be easily converted to cash or not, depending on the issuer and marketing conditions. And then they break down the you know, secured loans, corporate bonds, so. Honestly, and it gets into the cash section, this commercial paper. This, this to me is is a big red flag. And uh, gotcha. if something's going to blow up in the crypto market, um, this would be a good target. Okay, good, good. I'm glad you said that there. President Trump and gold has talked a lot about the gold standard, and I, we had all had kind of had some hope that that uh, he was working towards that. I think if he would have had another four years, he may have had more influence over the Fed, and we might be moving yeah. that way already. But I think it's going to be put off a little bit. But yeah, so I think yeah, I, and, and people have different different opinions on this on Trump. Whatever, whatever your opinion, I, all I can see is you know in an interview he did have some positive things to say he said and he said something very interesting he said uh, it would be nice we don't have it and something nice but it, he said it would be hard to do at this point and one of the problems is we do not have the goal other places have the goal and just you know if you look at that i don't know what that what he was talking to and and now you, you hear rumors that that trump and patriots have gotten a hold of a lot of gold that was stolen i don't I, I have no idea. I think there's uh, some of um, the world events around the Middle East wars. Something happened there, and I think mm-hmm. the, I think it's classified, and we don't really know. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's a gray area. Yeah, but, um, I, but I'm with you. I'm completely with you that there's a discussion to be had there about gold, and the 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 reason why people say it can't work is because there's not enough gold. But that's not how the gold standard works, right? It's not a one-for-one gold standard. Right. Well, because you're, you're always going to have a supply of gold because it's always being mined. So the, the criticism of gold is that it puts you into like a straitjacket. It's too confining because if, it's the whole Keynesian argument. You need in times of monetary depression, yep. you need to expand it. In times of inflationary, you need to contract it. And so it, um, but... I don't necessarily agree with that. 
but uh, that's that's always been the argument. Well, I think if you look, the reason why the argument is made is because people don't study Keynesian economics anymore, and they push you know they push alternate theories down the throats of everyone who who's in power, and so you can't have that kind of discussion with people. Well, who don't, they don't really teach it, and I, I mean, I took economics in high school, college. I think I remember in my economics we had like two pages on the gold standard. So yeah. <laughs> it's just not taught. Yeah. Um, it's where we are. Requirements for money. An asset should have the following characteristics, a store of value, a unit of account, yeah. and a medium of exchange. It seems to me that, uh, that the crypto is a more tangible asset than some other uh, assets out there. <laughs> right. So, I mean, we're not, we're definitely not there yet. I mean, and, and some would say that cryptos don't, one crypto doesn't have to be all three. That's, that's a good point. Um, you can make an argument that Bitcoin is a store of value. It's obviously not a unit of account in any way. You don't go to a store and say, I'm going to pay for that in point, you know, 0001 Bitcoin. Um, is it a medium exchange? I don't think so. Not today. Um, but it could be possibly. So yeah, these, we're not there with gold or with Bitcoin right now. It's I would argue it's US a medium. Dollar. I could argue it's a medium of exchange. I know people who have bought corporations, who have bought cars, who have bought yeah, trips, to, yeah. trips to, to space. Not, right. Not, <laughs> not, on, not on a, on a, yeah, right. not, not on a, a grand level. Not True. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. It's not, it's not like you would consider a, 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 a monetary source in, in that it should have all of those characteristics. I agree with you. Gold-backed U.S. dollar, introduction of a gold-backed U.S. dollar via revaluation will most likely not include a one-to-one exchange. Well, there you go. You say it right there. Will not be in physical form. Not going back to exchanges of gold and silver coins. It's a gold-backed currency, and it's not one piece of gold versus one, you know, one ounce of gold versus one dollar or whatever. Will likely be digital and thereby managed by one central authority. And eliminate the need for banks. Talk right. talk a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, so let me so the one to one and I've tried to, you know, speak to people about this and it's it's a hard one, but when you have the kind of money out there, I don't think you're solving anything if you just replace everyone's dollar with a you know, and you let's say even if you had enough gold, whatever, um, I don't think it's doing anything. Because you you're gonna what just keep the 28 trillion in debt, what, how are you going to keep that? So I just don't see that as happening. I don't think it's viable. I don't think it's, it's good overall. For the long term. Do you want to just keep, do you want to keep the 28 trillion in debt and, you know, have that for generations? I don't, I don't think that. Something's got to change. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, some of the issues that you point out, or do you want me to like give you our second to finish? Yeah. Up? And, and then, yeah, the physical form that speaks for itself. But the concept is, I, I don't know if there's going to be a digital, U.S. dollar, but it just seems to make sense because everything, it's just so much more efficient in that way that you don't need, you don't need to keep this massive overhead of the banking industry. Yeah. Um, I think the I downside, the downside to digital for me is obviously the implementation of it, but India pulled it off. I think the downside to it is now you have really the full ability to mess with somebody's uh, money supply, right? Like, if I can't have a thousand dollars in cash on my side, that's that's value to me. I'm not gonna ever want to go to a digital currency that could, you know, power goes out. Then what? You know, right? So there's that's it's, that's why there's a lot of discussion on this, right? 
it brings up issues. I mean, I would say that if the power power goes out, we're in big trouble. I don't think we could if like yeah. power in the neighborhood <laughs> goes out for a week. You know, we got more problems. We got more problems with some Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. What, what happens if supply chain goes down? What happens if the internet goes I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of issues. Well, so, uh, uh, some of the issues. Let me move on here so we can finish this yeah. up. Millennials, Gen yeah. Z have virtually no interest in gold. This is a good point. Bitcoin to the moon scenario as cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin reach stratospheric highs, 100,000, 200,000, or 500,000, uh, become so dominant that no one even cares about the introduction of a U.S. dollar that is gold-backed. And then the uh, takeover uh, as all fiat currencies become irrelevant. That's an interesting scenario. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think there's still time, but you know, things may, may get so crazy that if if we just keep going on this path, um, we're we're just going to just keep inflating, you know, inflating the currency. It's going to be just inflated away. And it's just, it's, it's not going to matter. Nothing's going to, you can, you can come with, you know, gold back, silver, whatever. Um, people have, will have moved on. So there's not going to be a window. Yeah. I don't think. And, yeah. and you're going to have, uh, that brings up other problems for people that are left out. Um, yeah. So, and, and look, it, it is, it is very much like geopolitical because we, you know, having, dollars of reserve currency um, does we do as a country benefit from that so there is some there is benefit uh, i don't want to say maybe all the but at least a good part of the population has been able to um, maintain our standard of living for that so taking that away it just changes everything in such a radical way it's not we don't really know what's going to happen yeah that's and that's why there's it's so volatile. In conclusion, and I really thank you for this presentation. I, I it's obvious you put some time into it, so uh, we all appreciate it very much. And you know now we have a record of this. Uh, in conclusion, and feel free to stop me again. World is awash in debt, government, personal, et cetera, et cetera that must be reduced via inflation or written off to prevent a future generation of debt slaves. That is why there is such talk of inflation. Well said. Some sort of revaluation is necessary. That's clear. <laughs> that should be clear to everybody out there. Um, but we just live in a fantasy world, apparently. Uh, in a free world, people will only accept digital currencies from governments that are backed by an asset. The element of scarcity is required. I think that's. I think that's important as well. Yeah, I just. Uh, I just don't see people, uh, especially where we are now, just introducing, you know, this token. And I know countries are doing that. China is doing that. Some other countries, um, they just you can't just introduce. Oh yeah, we have this new currency. It's digital, and it just it's 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 they can inflate it away. I just don't see that as being as people accepting that. Yeah, it just wouldn't doesn't make sense to me. But I don't know. Yeah, people don't act logically. So <laughs> no, I, I mean <laughs> you you're know, right. I mean, but things like that. I think um, when you placing future bets on stuff it, the best is to at least accept some sort of logic or reason behind it and you know so i'm with you there it's still a bet right it's still no one really knows but you know you make the best uh, out of what information you have likely scenario is that bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies 
compete with sovereign digital currencies backed by assets like gold. Some would prefer the safety of a sovereign digital currency, while others may prefer Bitcoin. Now, that would be interesting to see a crypto backed by a a, a, a precious metal. That would be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And like, who would it, would it be private? Would it be the you know, government issuing it? So much unknown. Yeah, we don't, we just don't know. So that's why it gets to the volatility and that's why people say it's a scam and stay away from it. And, and if you don't have money you can play with and you can just dump out, you know, throw into a fire, if you, then you probably shouldn't. I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I'm down 60% since I got it, but I didn't buy it to, to move money around in it. I bought it because I'm going to keep it for 10 or 20 years. I believe right. in the future of, of the Internet is going to, it has to change from what it is right now, number one. What it, whatever that path is, again, this is part of the volatility. Nobody really knows. However, the reason why blockchain is so important and is so, the reason why I think it's the future of the Internet is because, number one, today's greatest programmers are behind it. <laughs> number one, right? right. If, you, if you look at the world's top programmers and, uh, and network architects, they're all working on blockchain. So there's that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, could we get to a point where maybe um, a new version of a computer comes out? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the, new, the new deep computing. Um, quantum. Quantum. Quantum computing. And maybe that changes the way Internet goes to the forward. And when, once quantum computing becomes a desktop computer with a giant cooling system, um, it, then maybe the Internet moves that path. But that path is a long way away. So this is yeah, why but, I think this is so important and interesting. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, from what I understand, quantum computing is not, we're not there yet to be able to, to you know, beat the encryption of, of Bitcoin or any other cryptos. It, will it in the future? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but I think that's a few years off. Are there any cryptos that are currently using laser uh, crypto? Laser crypto? Oh, is that, is that still classified? <laughs> Shit. That might still be classified. I don't know. Anyways, oh. there's a laser crypto coming. It can't be classified because if I I'm not I don't know any classified information. Um but there's a there's a new and in fact I think we developed it in DARPA and somehow China got a hold of it. So they have it. Which is just great. But all right, there, there, there you go, guys. There's, uh, I appreciate you big time um, for you know for putting that together and getting us a chance to kind of go through it and get us to where we're at now. I want to expand on the discussion we've had so far, but first I got to pay some bills. If you want to take about a ten minute break, Joe's going to do his rapid fire, and then we'll take some of your guys' calls right after that. So stand by. Rise Attire USA.com is the official show sponsor of Brothers Uncensored and UncensoredAid.com. Whoops. Go ahead and play. We've reached a pivotal moment in the Great Awakening. Culture was hijacked and weaponized a long time ago. But now, we see it as the final battlefront of the information war of good versus evil. So, get in. We're hijacking it back for the cause. Here at Rise Attire, we spit on the garbage narratives of mainstream media propaganda. It's a means to an end for the agenda of the corporate elite globalist cabal. Welcome to Clown World. It's all a fake joke, but you're not, you are real. So, recognize us? We are Rise Attire and we've got the solution for all your based apparel needs. We do premium, 
Top shelf, cut and sew apparel that's 100% made in America and 100% evil free, guaranteed. Mimetic messaging and dope style will have you maneuvering through clowns with swagger in no time. Plant red pills in the minds of normies, attract more base people into your life, and give a big middle finger to the system. Go to RiseAttireUSA.com now. Repping truth never looks so good. Rise proudly sponsors Brothers Uncensored. Use promo code ABEWAVE for 10% off your first purchase. RiseAttireUSA.com. Much love to those guys. I know they're working hard in the background to try to get their site back up as well. Of course they go after the advertisers of shows like ours. That's the only way they can try to stop us. We, we expect them to continue to try to do that. Nonetheless, it's time for Joe's Rapid Fire and some of your calls and me to get a chance to close my pie hole for a minute here. A rapid Fire coming up next with Joe here. Here's the gun. Stand by. Joe, what do you got for us today in the rapid fire news segment? All right, just real quick. I see clearly um, Texas Tan Girl, Castle Drummer, Darth Q369, and tallest symbol of freedom. Thank you guys for the uh, gold pills. Uh, and real quick, Abe and GN cast um, question for you guys when I get done. Um, how do I tip a stripper with Bitcoin? Because Hunter wants to know. His dad took his credit cards away. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on to the rapid fire. I had to say that. It was just too damn good. Moving on to the rapid fire. FCCED just dropped this. Ex-governor of Mexico, uh, Mexican state of Kuala, um, sentenced to three years in U.S. prison. Very interesting. Uh, following his guilty plea last year, a money laundering scheme. Huh. Imagine that. Very interesting there. Uh, Gateway Pundit just dropped this not too long ago as well. General Flynn has been absolutely on fire. Uh, He is saying something is going to happen. There must create noise uh, before the Arizona audit. They're going to have to do something. Um, If you guys haven't been following Flynn, he has literally been on fire lately. Uh, This is great. This was an interview with Patrick Byrne and... um, and Vandersteel and General Flynn. If you guys get a chance, go check that out. That video is listed uh, on Gateway Pundit. I haven't told anybody, but the last three times I felt this concern about a FF event, they happened. And I just so guys, the prayer warriors out there, just keep your your heads on a swivel out there, and you know, spread the word about anything that you see happening out there as quick as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Daily Caller just dropped this. Elderly vulnerable will need yearly COVID-19 boosters, the WHO says. (laughs) Oh, my God. How do we not know this is is what was going to happen? So not only are you going to have to get your flu shots, but you're also going to have to get boosters as well with this COVID-19. Unbelievable. More money for Big Pharma. Uh, This was super interesting. Uh, out of Fox News, Illinois officer says she lost job protecting local high school over defense of the thin blue line patch. God bless this officer for standing up uh, and protecting not, I mean, school rights, but just protecting people who want to protect the thin blue line. 
In, God bless her. In Mount Prospect, that's like West Suburbs. That's like y- yuppie area. <laughs> exactly. That's good news, man. If you think about that, you know, like you just mentioned, you'd figure that's a pretty much a liberal area. Well, there's freaking officers fighting every single day for our rights. That's amazing. Kennedy, love him. Why has Chicago become the world's largest outdoor shooting range? If you guys get a chance, this was on Breitbart as well. Uh, Wednesday on Hannity, uh, Senator John Kennedy reacted to a speech given earlier in the day by President Joe Biden on gun violence, which I know we all know about. But I tell you, I absolutely love what John Kennedy says here. If you guys get a chance, please go check that out. It's amazing. And why is no one talking about it? There's the other thing. Also in Illinois, Illinois trio charged with beating, strangling police officer over a traffic stop. Unfrickin' believable. These three uh, idiots right here. Uh, and this is in Aurora, man. Um, so this wasn't too far for where we grew up in Illinois. Um, yeah, I'm just going to move on. Uh, there's lots of things I want to say, but I want to try to get through all this real quick. Uh, New York launches bribery probe into national grid gas operations. What? Oh, well, this is interesting. Uh, The New York State Department of Public Services launching an investigation into national grid's downstate gas operations after five former managers of the utility were charged in a bribery and kickback scheme involving contracts worth tens of millions of dollars, according to a Monday statement by Governor Andrew Cuomo. Also known as business as usual. What? This is how we do stuff around here, huh? Well, he did. Well, I'm pretty sure this is all about one thing and one thing in general. I didn't touch nobody. I didn't hit on nobody. But these guys over here, these guys got bribery and kickback shit going on. Go check them out. Look here, not there. I know that's exactly what it's about. It, I mean, seriously, this is the this is operating business in Chicago and New York. Like this is not. So somebody's Why, getting somebody's getting thrown on the bus here. Why all of a sudden is all this kind of shit coming out? That's what I want to know. This is strictly in yeah. New York, which we know none of this kind of shit would ever come out. Normal operating procedures. Governor Cuomo is trying to hide something. What did Cuomo know head. about this kickback scheme? That's what I want to know. Exactly right, brother. U.S. takes down Iran-linked news sites, alleges disinformation. We covered this story earlier in the week, but I just wanted to say this is a little bigger deal than I think we really let on to. The Justice Department said 33 of the seized websites were used by the Iranian Islamic Radio and Television Union, which was singled out by the U.S. government last October for what officials describe as efforts to spread disinformation and sow discord among American voters ahead of the 2020 presidential election. This is a little bit bigger story than I think we uh, kind of let on to the other day. Very interesting, needless to say. Well, I mean, you know, it's Hezbollah backed by Iran. Guess who else that they're backed by? Russia. And I mean, it's just, you know, there's a lot to that that makes sense with regards to the troll farms and stuff and all the, all the way that, that if you looked at information online, you could see how people will come in and, and uh, you know, throw a match underneath a discussion or a debate, you know. So go ahead, Joe. Exactly, exactly. I know you wanted to cover this yesterday. We didn't get a chance to um, about the stealth jets uh, fight Daesh in first combat missions from the HMS Queen Elizabeth. Very interesting that this information as well, Abe, um, the UK's carrier strike group has joined the fight against Daesh. Is it Daesh with F-35 jets carrying out their very first combat mission from the HMS Queen? Uh, Elizabeth stealth jets of the renowned 617 
Squadron or 617 Squadron RAF, the Dam Busters, carried out op- operational sorties for the first time from the HMS Queen Elizabeth in support of Operation, uh, what is that, Ap- Operation Shader and the U.S. Operation Inherit Resolve. Hmm, where have I heard that? Interesting because, number one, it's the first time the F, the new F-35s that just got to Britain, like at the beginning of this year, have to carry out a combat mission. But number two, remember when President Trump reached out to our allies and said, listen, don't count on our country to, to solve these problems in your back of the woods anymore. And so it's it's I think it's important symbolism in that other partners in the region are taking more of a role in what's happening there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this uh, out of political, I thought was pretty interesting. Every four years, Harvard University's Institute of Politics has hosted a panel discussion with the winning and losing managers of each presidential campaign. This year, that joint discussion won't take place. In fact, the Trump side might not end up participating at all. I wonder why Harvard wouldn't want the, uh, the Trump side to show up there. Any ideas? Just like everything else, they only want their voice heard. That's all they care about, and they definitely don't want any dissenting opinions. Harvard's the center of indoctrination in college. Go figure. Exactly. Uh, breaking news. I had I wanted to cover this yesterday. Um, man, this pisses me off. Spotify censors America First MAGA Challenge rapper Bryson Gray over Safe Space song. This is unbelievable. After several emails, Gray received another response from Spotify, informing him that the track had been banned from their service and refusing to elaborate further. Unbelievable, Instead, bro. This is ridiculous, man. This is, again, anyone who doesn't say what they want to say gets censored. Go ahead. Move on, bro. Yeah. We're going to talk to Bryson. Un- I'm going to try to reach out to Bryson in the near future. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. They gave no specific reasons, basically. Um, also, out of Bloomberg, we were talking about gold. CEO charged in massive money laundering case targeting illicit gold trade. So it's alleged that from March 15th or March 2015 to September 2016, uh, this uh, is it Jesus Gabriel Rodriguez, go figure, um, used his industry experience and contact uh, to facilitate the importance of importation of thousands of kilograms of illicitly sourced gold uh, being flown over from the United States to Caraco. Yeah, interesting. Just, now, uh, now I got you moving too fast. Sorry, go ahead, bro. No problem. All <laughs> right, just two, just two quick other ones. Uh, I always have to report on this. Um, Chattanooga man in, indicted for sexual exploitation of a child. The indictment alleges Deacon sexually exploited a child under 12 um yeah and then this one was out of department of justice in new york and forensic analysis um on this guy who was um sean uh castellini uh forensic analysis of 49 seized items recovered 8,000 images and 686 videos of suspected child born some of the images depicted as young as three-year-old subjected to explicit situation the shit's still happening every single day save our children that's all i had for you on the rapid fire brother good stuff yeah we didn't get a chance to fit that in yesterday with a good discussion that we had going on so um yeah all right uh first caller and i'm already concerned that who this is because it's uh, got an interesting name so this could be interesting <laughs> uh <laughs> open phone lines feel free to call in guys we're, we're gonna get into some other questions i'm gonna i'm gonna pick his brain here a little bit about some of the questions uh, i have uh go ahead call what's your name 
This is Mr. AOC. Oh, hey, what's up, AOC? How's it go, brother? <laughs> Did you like my upside down screen screen name? Yeah, I That's can't even read it. I don't. Hey, can you turn the background of uh, the show off in the background? Oh, it's, it is off. Oh, oh okay. how do you? How the heck did you do that? Backwards and upside down, or what? I'm so confused. What does it say? It says McAfee didn't kill himself. Oh, <laughs> sorry, we got to get that going right. <laughs> and actually, uh, so that's sort of related to what we were talking about today, in a weird way. So right after John McAfee died. He posted that cue, right? And there's apparently a little hexadecimal. Yeah, it's nothing. It's garbage. Wallet, that garbage. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. I thought it was too, but methods made fun of me for. He's like, apparently you missed the dig on this. Yeah, I guess it's an automatic uh, Instagram automatically attaches some bullshit to it, and it doesn't lead into anything. Got it. Okay. Well. Anyway, what I was talking about is, uh, I put it in chat there, but it was quite an amazing story. When John McAfee was on the run from the Belize Army and a cartel, drug cartel, it was about a year plus or something, right? Nobody knew where he was. He resurfaced November 23rd, 2013, for the first time. At my little men's group Saturday morning meetings, we had about a hundred of us every Saturday. And it was media, entertainment, so, technology. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, I have a guest here that um, <laughs> I kind of want to pick his brain, and, I, and I'm hoping that uh, callers would want to too. Do you have any any questions for him about crypto at all or anything? Well, that's that's where I'm going because so speed it up. Uh, then. <laughs> Get to the question. So I'm just saying, here's some inside baseball if you want to hear it, buddy. (laughs) The first time he appeared was with Ken Rutowski and Elon Musk, Larry Page, and Brock Pierce met with him that day. And he asked Nolan Bushnell, that was Steve Jobs' only guy to join his board that day of MGP, right? And all this stuff that's going with uh, related to the McAfee stuff is crypto related. So whether or not there's some scam, uh, disproven things out there about that, I I believe is dead man switch is crypto, and I think there's at least a couple contracts being put out there, uh, meaning Ethereum style and post death. Well, what's your take on that? GNCast, what do you think about um, uh, McAfee and the the idea of what um, what may come from his dead man switch? I mean, I have no idea. Right, <laughs> that's an interesting one. I I've heard some interesting things about McAfee. Uh, yeah, who knows? May have. I, I have no idea. I, you know, I I try not to get into like the personality part of it because you know, friend was like. All, all concerned about Elon Musk and his tweets. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think the, the crypto space is, or, or something like that is just, it's bigger than one person or two people. It's, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be dependent on, I mean, right now it's so, it's such a new area that it is, but um, 
You know, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be about individual personalities. Like there'll be a time where Elon Musk will be, I don't want to say negligible, have a negligible impact, but hopefully get to a point where it's, you know, the whole point is decentralization and not relying on one person to move markets, whether it's Elon Musk well, or John McAfee. He, he sure did good in the mining space, though. Didn't he big, didn't MGT turn into one of the bigger mining companies out there? I don't know. Oh, McAfee's? Yeah. yeah well, MGT, MGT was the company started, but it was sort of like a little more secret. I guess maybe more secret than most people know. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was more common knowledge. But anyway, okay, well, that's all I got on that. I'll let you go on to the next. All right, part, brother. Appreciate part. you, man. <clears throat> Much love, love AOC. Yeah. Take care, brother. Gotta love it. Yeah, so here's my question. <clears throat> There's we had the discussion about the reason why Bitcoin is, is so um, volatile and, and there's so much going on there. People are calling it uh, the scam and all this stuff is because right. they they have a hard time understanding what's behind it. That's right. why I think that discussion is so important. When I right. look into some of the Bitcoin, I found uh, I th- somebody mentioned out there in one of our one of the calls or one of the shows I was watching Digibyte, and I looked into Digibyte, and I, the thing that I really like about it is what you just said. It is highly decentralized and probably the the greatest uh, idea of decentralization that can be put out there. Can you talk a little bit about why Digibyte is different than others now that we've had that yeah. discussion? It's 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 different. Yeah, good point, and, and I'll I'll touch on that other issue too. But yeah, Digibyte is very interesting because it uses five different mining algorithms, and I think they are going to upgrade to CPU and GPU mining as well, um, which they'll probably replace to there. So, so when we talk about mining algorithms and create new blocks, et cetera, so Digibyte has, it doesn't, doesn't have one, it has five different ones, and their miners are way more spread out than Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin, well, obviously Bitcoin uh, is, majority is mined in China, but that is changing um, because China is cracking down. So yeah, in theory, Digibyte is very interesting because because of that. Um, talking about, so yeah, I agree with that that point. Um, it is a kind of what, what they call a fork of Bitcoin. So it has the same code base, but they forked off and changed it. So it's, it's different. Um, but it has a lot of the same base features that Bitcoin does, right? Um, talking about the you know, the price, the volatility. And that's, you have to remember, it is in the interest of the, the existing, you know, the establishment, banking system, whatever, to have that volatility because it just turns people off. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a no-brainer. Like if, if something goes up 60, you know, a thousand percent, but it goes down 50% in a week, you're, people are looking at this, you know, like what is going on with this? This is, you can't, you can't have a, global reserve currency when you're going down 50%, like in the foreign exchange markets, um, you know, like a few percent, you know, four or 5% is, is a big move, right? Um, so th- it is in their interest to do that. Now, why it's happening, combination of reasons, you know, manipulation, you know, people buy in and cash out, you know, with that, but there's also a lot of leverage uh, where 
there's you know people buying borrowing to go in and then when you get these it's like like the stock market you get margin calls and then you basically have to cash out so everyone sells and the whole market just goes down so uh you can make a lot of money by leveraging well it goes up but you also go down and you can short going down the other way there's all these financial instruments out there so it's 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 very complex and and it's highly volatile for those reasons and it, and it's um it's it's something that is hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around. I mean, that's why we've had yeah. this discussion a bunch of times because everyone's like, "Well, what about this and what about that?" And and I get it. Like it's there's there's so much uncertainty about what it's going to be in the future that it's kind of like you know the ultimate bet, I suppose, is what you would say. But um, you know, and and obviously, Bitcoin itself is what what <laughs> watching what happened and how people were able to. You know, there's billionaires that out there now. I, I could have probably been close to a billionaire if I would have invested when I was told yeah, about it. Right. Yeah, and, and they, they they have a lot of control because you can and you can see it. Like people do these, they uh, you know tracking a blockchain. You can kind of see the activity. I mean, personally, I think one way you can you can mitigate it, and I don't know if it fully does it, but if you had a stronger, if you had bigger players that would able to kind of slow down the volatility. Uh, you know, Michael Saylor is a big one. He's got about a hundred thousand Bitcoin right now. Uh, and he, you know, he bought some just, just recently, he just bought a big chunk. Uh, yeah, you probably need that. You probably need, you need, you know, what they call diamond hands in the Reddit world, strong hands, you know, that, that probably would help. Um, Gotcha. And it's, you know, there's also what, what the reason why I got interested in it is I was waiting to see how um, uh, countries would start to react to it. And once you start to saw, see countries react and then you saw institutional investing get involved, that's when I that's why I thought I thought it was time to maybe just throw a throw a stab at the dark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see. uh El Salvador, that's big. You know, they were going to, I think they said they were going to require payments in Bitcoin. Um, and that, and I think the World Bank, I think was it the World Bank or some other, you know, uh, economic entity or, or banking entity is not going to help them do that. So, yeah, not a surprise there. Uh, and, you know, one of the interesting things lately, obviously, has been the correction. Um, there was a heck of a run-up, and, of course, you expect to have these corrections. In fact, since if you look at historical charts of crypto, you'll see plenty of, corre- of corrections, hence that volatility. But uh, th- this current correction, I think, is a, is a little bit concerning for me because of the way governments are starting to react to it, which is kind of pivoting from that. Um, you're watching as China... I, it appears China is cracking down on crypto and kicking all yeah. the miners out of the country. Is that true? Yeah, I mean it, that's what it seems like. There, there. I saw something that they were going to. There were there was a mining facility or miners that were being moved to Kazakhstan. Uh, that's an interesting place. I don't know. That's <laughs> not such a bastion of freedom there, but whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, th- I think that. The, the concept of Bitcoin, of cryptos, the decentralization, the movement toward toward that um, is really the, the opposite of, of authoritarian type regimes, and uh, it's not compatible. Um, so they obviously don't want 
their people getting involved in this. Um, I think in the in the past, maybe they felt that they wanted to be involved so they can control it. I think they, in the past, maybe at times they have, where their miners do hold Bitcoin and they can sell and, and, and or hold on to it at certain times, but um, maybe they've, they've passed that point and figure, you know, let's, let's get out of this before it gets bigger. Well, what's, what, is it possible that this does become more prevalent because of the debt and the corporate debt and personal debt? I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. just the structure of the markets and the price to earning ratios of stocks right now is stocks are way over bloated too. Something's not right in the world markets. So, I mean, is it possible that an, you know a financial event could trigger, you know, some type of moves into alternates or something like that? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I mean, you could. What I would see is if you if you had a financial, I, I can see it going both ways, where we just go on this path of, you know, of of inflation year after year, and you'd have a steady progression into into cryptos as as the the markets grow, like DeFi grows. And, other areas, other you know businesses that are impacted. Um, but on the other hand, you could have a serious financial issue uh, where the market takes a big hit, and the crypto market would probably go with it. Um, and what comes out, you know, corporations are a big part of it, um, part of the control. It's very complicated. Uh, I don't really know what the end game is for it, uh, but Cryptos are definitely, you know, an alternative outside of the current system. Well, so at some point, governments are going to have to make a decision, right? I mean, at some point, governments are going to have to decide if they're going to, you know, regulate it at a at a high mm-hmm. manner and make it so that it's, you know, kind of like what's happening in China. I think it makes it impossible for the average person to even get involved in it. I mean, what what which yeah. route do you see I, that going as far as regulation yeah, I, and stuff? I don't, I don't. I think they may try. They may try to regulate it uh, a bit, and uh, there's things they can do. With, you know, well, I don't think. I think they were talking about doing that with with, with wallets and doing something with private wallets or, or right, something like that. And I think going anywhere, but I think we're we're so far past where the population. I, I would say this. I think what, we're at least like 15% of the country owns crypto. It might be more right now. I don't know, the last stat I saw was 15%. So as that gets bigger and bigger, you got to remember we're part of the system that's, that's really just dying. It's dying financially, morally, spiritually. <laughs> it's really dying yeah. all aspects. And I think more people are seeing that. Um, so... It's, if you get to a point where you have a critical mass and more people are in crypto, and, and then it gets harder to regulate because more people have a vested interest and they'll elect people who don't want to do anything with it and don't want to hurt it. So it's, it's this balance of where we're at. Yeah, they could, they could probably try to put some more regulations in and that would, that would hurt it. I would think just the capital gains side of it is going to be where they're going to target it. So they're going to target tax returns and stuff like that, I think. And, you know, yeah, they could. And, and, you know, but it, it also, it is in a way, at least in the short term, you know, having wealth 
built in the crypto space that does bring in money. If you make a million dollars of crypto and you sell your crypto, you have to report a million dollars or whatever profit was from what you sold. So that's, let's say, a million dollars. You know, that's money you have to pay capital gains tax on, whatever it is, 15%, 20%, whatever it is. So that's revenue for the government. I mean, do they really want to kill that? I don't know. It's a good question. It, well, I mean, depends on the government because there's a lot of governments that take advantage of that money laundering aspect of it as well. Of course, they blame mm-hmm. it on private entities, but we know it's we know more we know better than that. Uh, Norm yeah. is go ahead, say, go ahead. Sure. Uh, Nor- Norm is going to join us, and go, so Norm, if you can go ahead and unmute and uh, question, comment, or, or otherwise. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to ask about Digibyte, but you already brought that up. Thank you, because uh, last time you had a show about crypto. I asked about Digibyte, but I also asked about Theta. I, mm-hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on Theta? Um, yeah, Theta is very interesting. Uh, again, it's not financial advice, not financial advice, but they they seem to have an interesting model, and it's a niche to the uh, I think broadband, uh, where they have a more equitable way of allocating, sharing broadband, and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting model. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of people like it. Uh, have such positive things about it. Definitely. Yeah, well, um, how does that work with the blockchain, though? That's the only thing I, um, as far as broadcasting video, I've been trying to uh, broadcast my podcast on Theta, but it, you have to download a node, and then uh, it's mm. almost like mm. you're mining it as you're your broadcasting. I, I think I think it's a, it's a proof of stake, um, if I'm not mistaken. So, I would think you have to like delegate your 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 data, and you would be able to claim rewards for that. So I think that's how that's how. And if you set up your own node, uh, I think there's there's probably like a minimum amount you have to use to have to have and. You could be one like there's, I think, thousands of nodes out there, data. So you can be one of if you have the a certain number. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I'm not. I haven't used it for that purpose, so I'm not sure. Okay. Well, yeah, that's the but it's peer to peer, so mm-hmm. um, I think that seems to be the way the internet's going is peer to peer using similar type of. Uh, technology yeah i think they have theta they, they have a relate they have a you get rewards with theta fuel so it's it's and that you can also stake that as well so it's you have a complex uh uh complex blockchain that they have but yeah i've heard a lot of positive things about it, definitely there's a there's a few blockchains that do the fuel or a few cryptocurrencies that do fuel aren't there um, well, I think Ethereum uses its own token. They have what's called gas. Yeah. And, but that's Ethereum. That's just Ethereum. They don't have a separate token for that. Oh. All right. Well, I'll let you get on to your other callers. Thanks for. Um, so, was it something I said? YouTube deleted my channel. I'm pretty sure it was when I asked about how you pay strippers from Bitcoin because Hunter Biden <laughs> wanted to know. <laughs> we think it violates it was- our harmful and dangerous policy. We removed oh. your content and deleted your channel. Was it me? They just deleted now? the channel? Yeah. What? 
this Holy now? Crap. Yeah. When wow. I came on the show? No, right before. Right before. <laughs> right uh, before that. something I said. I didn't Unreal. even bring up John McAfee and how, like, um, the whole reason why I started looking to Digibyte was because John McAfee tweeted it. And then people got mad at him for saying he inflated the, uh, the market. So. Well, so much for trying wow. to protect that for events. Um, Chris uh, over in Twitch, thank you um, very kindly for, for helping me out. I appreciate that very much. 3,200 gold pills over there in DLive. Appreciate that very much. All you guys out there as well joining us today. Appreciate it. Uh, Norm, any other questions or comments? I uh, know. I got to get back to work. So. Fine. All right, brother. Thanks for the call, Norm. Appreciate it, brother. Okay. See you later. Fine. Go to work. Um, let's see. My sister's got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What did you ask, Don? Uh, let's see here. Uh, XR, ask about XRP and XDC. Yeah, good or bad. XRP and XDC. Good or bad. XDC. Now, again, not, not, not any advice, just your thoughts. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, XRP has this huge, what they call XRP army. Um, I, I think it's more an all or nothing because I think what they're trying to do, the goal of XRP is to replace SWIFT, which is kind of the global payment system. Um, so for I see is, uh, yeah, it, it could be, it could be like a lottery ticket. It could be go nowhere or it could go up, you know, 10, 20 times. Uh, if it's used. So if it replaces SWIFT and is a global payment system, which is a big thing, uh, I think they, they, you have to pay like a certain, a small, tiny bit of XRP for every transaction. Um, you can use the XRP token or you can use other token. You know, it's, it gives you a lot of flexibility. But uh, yeah, it's, I, to me, it's like a lottery ticket. Um, some people don't like the centralization part of it. You know, the SEC was cracking down. And I think there's a lot of shady stuff with, I think the former founder of XRP left to go to Stellar. So there's all kinds of things there. But uh, yeah, I view it as a lottery ticket. That's why I got Stellar. Because <laughs> I heard the original guy that was behind it, something happened and he left for a good reason. So I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's it's, it, it's kind of like... Um, how would you mix like what days of our lives with the, uh, with wall street? Maybe <laughs> there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of, you could say that about um, Ethereum. Yeah. Cardano, Polkadot. These are the days of our crypto lives. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, it, what it is, is, is it's, um, you know, there's a lot of people that love just spend, spending a lot of time digging in on that stuff. Like, you know, a lot of us are spending a lot of time digging in on, you know, what's really try, happening in the world to try to bring you that, right? Or other people dig in on uh, the latest UFO sighting or the latest, uh, I don't know, uh, Bigfoot sighting, right? Whatever, right? But so there's a lot of people that are deep involved in just like the idea of what's coming from the future and technology and they're basically pl- mm-hmm. pace, placing bets on the future, right? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a big it's a big unknown. We don't no one knows what you know. It's it's kind of like uh, we're in a gold rush period because we don't really know what. There's so many crypto. There's so many there's different types of technology out there. We don't know what's going to win or who's who's going to be on top. It's it's very much un, uncertain right now. Uh, you know, the biggest one, like, 
you know, out of the top five cryptos like Ethereum, obviously is most established. Blockchain, proof of stake with smart contracts, this big ecosystem. And, you know, Cardano is trying to go after it. And it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare. Ethereum just comes out with stuff. Um, so it doesn't work. So it's slow, it's costly. Um, and Cardano has been very methodical with it and doesn't really have any apps out there. Um, so we don't know who's going to win. It's, it's, it's not always the best technology that does win. Um, could be other factors. So yeah, we, we don't know. We'll see. And that's why there's a lot of people that are, are so skeptical of it. And rightly so. I mean, you know, your your concerns are are rightly so. But then again, uh, you don't you don't if you don't take risks, then you you can't uh, you know can't win it without betting. This just dropped. Um, Ripple catches another break in court, allows access to SEC's internal trading on policies on XRP. So the Ripple Ripple Labs request to access the SEC non-public policies regarding agency employees buying and selling XRP and other cryptocurrencies was granted by the appointed judge, according to the holder's legal representation. Ripple's lawyer claims the SEC intends to file a motion and quash the the company's deposition subpoena served on a former SEC official. Who's this SEC official? John Deaton. A law, no, let's see. Back in March, John Deaton, a lawyer for uh, 11,000 XRP holders who filed a motion to intervene in Ripple's legal battle, uh, revealed a portion of the latest court uh, documents in a tweet, which is what we just said. Um, Ripple sought access to uh, SEC's policies re- regarding employees' digital assets and virtual currencies. That'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Who's the who's this guy? Who's this SEC? Hmm. It doesn't say it doesn't say anything about of course it's gonna hide the identity. It doesn't say anything about who the official was. Huh. So that's interesting. So an SEC employee what would the SEC be doing getting involved in cripple crypto? Uh there must be a reason for the something there. There's, I found it interesting that they went after the two founders, but the guy who left to Stellar, they kind of they didn't. Talk. I think it's Jed, Jed McCallum. Uh, yeah, I think there's that. That was interesting. Say that. Can you expand on that at all, or you leave uh, yeah, I think I think there was a falling out or something, and, and he left to start to start um, at XLM. Stellar, uh, which I believe is somewhat similar to to XRP, uh, but the SEC did not question him. Question the to the existing, you know, the founders who are still there with XRP. Uh, that was interesting, but I don't know what they have in mind with um, with. I don't know why they're picking on Ripple. It seems. Seems interesting. Yeah, that's what I find interesting too. There's always yeah. there's always a backstory there. That's there's something more to that. Yeah. It, this institutional investing and probably government investing. You know, the Fed. <laughs> I mean, it would not surprise me if the Fed's involved in crypto in some way. Yeah, it's quite possible. I mean, I think they they probably view things as a viewed as a threat. Uh, 
to the to their standing. So um, anything they do, you have to look at it from that lens. Here's a here's a good headline: DOJ seeks trial attorney with extensive blockchain and crypto knowledge. Meaning, we got no fucking clue what happened, but we know it's not good. So we figured we'd try to hire somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> DOJ's like, I I got nothing. I don't know. <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, you know, there's another sign of more crackdowns too, right? DOJ's looking for for an expert. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's quite possible that we could see, you know, more regulation work, you know, more, you know, more charges. It's it's definitely a threat to the establishment. Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any other interesting head, uh, headlines here. I got one that uh, Freedom Fighters sent out there just to talk about all the countries where Bitcoin adoption is being considered: uh, El Salvador, Paraguay, Panama, Brazil. Uh, Mexico, Argentina, and it's talking about, is it possible that Latin America is adopting the Bitcoin altogether? Mm-hmm. Um, so and that was as of, uh, I believe, June or so um, mm-hmm. last month that they were talking about that. Very interesting, Freedom Fighter. Thank you for sending that. Yeah, I think um, I think the Latin American, South American countries, I think are, they, they've experienced you know, this, this inflation, in some cases hyperinflation, so they're well aware of, of the, of the, you know, just the risks with, with fiat currency. And they, they've seen it firsthand. Um, I talked to someone who had family in Venezuela a few years ago, and he said like it cost twenty. Was it say like twenty thousand bolivar for like a hamburger? And I think the monthly salary was forty thousand bolivar. You know, at that time, something like that. And yeah, I mean, they, they've seen it firsthand. Uh, Argentina has recently uh, a lot of them. You know, currency devaluations is part of it. Is, is 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 a very real experience. So if they can transition and get involved in something which is more quote unquote like hard money, uh, yeah, why not? Why not try at least? Right. So I think that's that's what's behind that. Makes sense. And it's, you know, again, that's like, you know, whatever's coming, right? That's what I love about this stuff is it's it's kind of like next generation, wherever the Internet's going to go. Yeah. And and, and we haven't, you know, in in the States, we haven't really experienced that type of, you know, we've kind of been privileged with the the reserve currency, just our everything. Um, But if you talk to people in other countries who have it's 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 a very frightening thing um, going through that so yeah it, it, it you make sense here's a here's another one tokenized tesla google and apple shares are coming to solana hmm. Hmm. yeah we talked about this earlier yeah the like the the defi space it's that's interesting Curious to see how that goes. Um, Here, Solana's- let me check out this first uh, paragraph. Digital Assets yeah. AG, a Swiss-based film focusing on the design, structure, and issuance of tokenized financial instruments, today announced that it's bringing its tokenized stock infrastructure to the Solana blockchain. So this is a software overlay of a blockchain? or Right. Well, yeah. So it, it, when we talked about like um, 
you know, you have Ethereum, you have Cardano, Solano is another one. Um, Solano kind of focuses on trading, like that's their bread and butter, um, and it's it's supposedly very fast. Um, so you can you can trade assets. Um, you can do that now. You go to the Solana blockchain or Uniswap is probably one of the most popular ones. And let's say you have an Ethereum uh, and you want to exchange it for um, something that's on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, whatever. Um, you can do that, or like a stable coin, like USDC, something like that. Gotcha. Um, you can do that. You just go, you, sit, you just you link it into your wallet. And you can just do that very easily. Um, so what happened is we, we remember with GameStop is Robinhood basically, you know, GameStop was exploding price, um, a lot of, a few hedge funds um, and going up, rolling into, I think it was Citadel, I forgot. Uh, Sounds took a big right. hit. Yeah. Took a big hit. And they, they stopped trading <laughs> on the exchange. They basically said, you, you can't buy and it's for, oh, it's for your own good. But they would have broken these hedge funds even worse. Um, and so that, that type of thing should, that, that, that type of thing they say is, oh, it's good for the consumer. We know better, you know, that doesn't exist on the blockchain. That there's, and, and you get better price discovery, in my opinion, that way, because you, if, if someone values a token, if someone wants to value an, a stock, it should be traded on a free market. That's what the whole point is. Not so that when an entity, you know, some big hedge fund is going to lose their shirt, you just change the rules and stop it. That's not the way thing, how things should work. So with like Tesla or Apple or whoever, whatever company is tokenized, it's basically like, okay, we're on the Solana. They're basically using the Solana blockchain in the same way that they're using, that all these tokens are being traded back and forth. Gotcha. And there's no reason why not. Now, I don't know how the SEC would feel about that. Um, how... You know, because it's it's decentralized. There's no one you can go. It's code. It's up there. It's being run, you know, in a decentralized manner. Uh, so what, how is how do you regulate that? You know, back in the day, um, there was a, a a move to install new uh, cables across the country so that it was quicker to trade stocks on the stock market and. They basically there's there's a movie out there that I can't remember the name of, but it's a great movie about um, about how they manipulated uh, the stock market because they were able to get data to move across the country faster. This is kind of yeah. what I see this going to, like the idea that you know popular stocks like Google, Netflix, uh, PayPal, Square, and Tesla will be able to be traded on it. And you would think that that would cut down on the latency and mm-hmm. allow institutional investors, if they wanted to, to manipulate the market easier. There's a, there's a, I'm looking for a, mm-hmm. a globalist perspective of why they would look for something like this. And there's one. Well, yeah, I mean, well, number one, it would cut out a lot of middlemen. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these, these, the, 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 a lot of these entities in the banking industry would just would go away basically you just wouldn't need them um you're always going to have information and, and with with certain entities have that information probably like if you know that the earnings for tesla is going to be like way past expectations obviously if you have inside information you're going to 
it would not be legal, but you would use that to your advantage. Uh, and you can buy in early and make money off the run out. So there's uh, that, I don't know how you stop that, uh, but it just gives, in a way it gives, the hope is that it would give everyone a fair shot. Uh, that That's the hope. Um, I don't know how things would play out, you know, because you're always going to have these bigger entities coming in, trying to manipulate things. I mean, they're doing it now. They're doing cryptos today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the last question I got to ask you as we wrap it up today, I really appreciate you just taking the time to spend with us. I, I we had a, a chance to talk a little bit uh, backstage over in Dallas, and I, I just wanted, to, honestly, the chance to, you're very interesting and you're very knowledgeable. So I really appreciate you bringing this knowledge to our to our chat. A lot of people out there saying they really appreciated the discussion. I learned more today than more information today than they have in other discussions about crypto. And that's, that was the goal for those of you out there that are just just trying to peek in the window and see what it is. That's what we were trying to accomplish today. The last thing I got to ask you though, I got to put you on the spot, not any kind of a financial advice, but based on the people and the platform and the, the futuristic ideas behind three different of your favorite cryptos. What what are your fa- oh what are the three that you uh, prefer based on that criteria? Yeah, not financial advice, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I like Cardano. Um, I think Card- I think either I, I tell people like either Charles Hoskinson is like the next Steve Jobs or, or the next Bernie Madoff. He talks a very big game. <laughs> and he is, he, what he's doing is, is, is one or the other. Um, he, he, what he is doing is all like encompassing. Uh, and I've heard some interesting takes on the Ethiopia, Africa type deals. Um, so yeah, I would say Cardano is very is very interesting project. Um, been a lot of discussion in the previous uh, discussions about crypto. People talking about uh, ADA, right? And there's a lot of people talking about yeah, that one too. Go yeah, ahead. What, what's the other one. two that you think? You know, would, I, uh, I, I think on I think it's also philosophical. Do you agree with the, the proof of stake versus proof of work? Um, proof of work, you know, Digibyte's very interesting. It has it has a lot of potential. Um, I, I, I kind of wonder, like, with the Dogecoin stuff. I, yeah, that and that's a lot of hype, whatever. Um, but yeah, I see Digibyte as a, in a way, a far superior, technologically speaking, more development work on it. Tokenomics are better, um, but you know it's a fraction of where Dogecoin is at. But that's the way it is. Things are markets can stay illogical. So, yeah, I would say on, the, on that that's interesting. Obviously, like you know, Bitcoin will always be there. That's got a you know, Ethereum will, will always be there. So those are, you know, the big ones. There's always, you know, some you know, smaller projects that are interesting um, or good things about, you know, Solana seems like it's, it's doing well, but it's like a niche industry. We'll mention data. Um, so it's kind of, uh, Cardano is trying to be all-encompassing, like huge ecosystem. Uh, but, you know, it's a question, do you think there'll be like these other blockchains which build a niche, are they going to, uh, catch on and, and really dominate in that space. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how things play out. What's the best way to learn about new technologies in the crypto space? Best ways to learn. Um, I think started coin bureau, YouTube, 
and his thing, his website. I think that's a good one. If I could watch YouTube uh, anymore, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, what it is. Yeah. yeah. He's still on that. So that's, that's gotcha. a good thing. Um, uh, and then what about yeah. a, uh, like a online newspaper source that I can monitor? Oh yeah. There's a, there's a bunch. Coindesk is, is pretty popular, but I mean, they don't cover everything. Uh, Cointelegraph is good. Uh, what else is good? Let me see. Uh, hold on one second. Play numbers. Uh, going through his bookmarks. Let's see. What do I usually go to? <laughs> uh, the yeah, one that uh, uh, Freedom Fighters sent me was The Street. Not the heard street? of that one before. Yeah, called thestreet.com. It's very, uh, I don't know oh, if it's a newer yeah. one or not. But no, I think The Street's just an investing platform, right? Normal. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, listen, yeah. I really appreciate your time, man. And did you have one last, one other one that you would recommend for online? Uh, 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 any other ones? Let's see. Watch, um, you know, the DeFi space Polygon is an interesting one because it's on top of the Ethereum blockchain. Um, and they, I think I've used it. It's it's not fast, but it seems fast, but it's very cheap. So you, you avoid the, the fees. Uh, that's that's been getting some some popularity. There's a lot of smaller ones like uh, people like Luna, Ramp, DeFi. Those are very far-reaching, you know, risky type things, but they're they're doing interesting things um, in the DeFi space. But yeah, I would encourage everyone to like you know do your research, try to get educated on on all these tokens and and see what you know what you think has the best potential. Good stuff. I really appreciate your time. GN cast. I appreciate it very, very much at the end of the show already. Joe wrap it up for us today, bro. Yeah. I just, uh, I want to say that as well. GN cast. I, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot uh, about what you guys are talking. That's why I let the conversation flow, but I literally learned more today um, than I have in a long time. So I really appreciate you being here. I know that sentiment um, was echoed throughout all the chats. I see you guys all out there uh, with the gold pills and stuff. Thank you guys very much. Tomorrow, I am super excited to have our brother, I find it on. We will see you all tomorrow. All right. Thanks, guys. Great to be with you. Appreciate it. Appreciate your time. And, and definitely the information was uh, was really top notch. Appreciate it very, very much. With that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. I will see you guys, I don't know, maybe tonight, maybe again early tomorrow morning. I'm going to keep testing uh, the new gear, so check out for that. I, I'm going to, can I make a phone call to YouTube? No, probably not. Uh, we'll see We'll see you guys tomorrow, 5, five Eastern, 4 Central, like you do as always. God bless you all. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.